Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is June 28th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Dare I say great. Uh, we had a, a an interesting turnaround for hump day this Wednesday. Uh, work, uh, they were like, hey, you know, show up for Wednesday. We got a big mystery gift. And I was like, okay, what is it? I wonder what it's going to be. Um, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, maybe it'll be some gift cards. You know, my job has done that before. That's all well and good. I like that. Um, they decked out the whole break room area, like, in the, like, our warehouse colors, which is crazy. We have warehouse colors, like, we we're a high school or something. Um, but, um, you know, it, it was a little party atmosphere, what have you. But, um, so there was food, so obviously we'll get to the food corner, because yes, despite my faux little diet pledge, I've already, you know, I got me a culpas. But, um, we, um, you know, had this mystery gift queued up, so we literally had to, like, meet up as a whole, like, a, a squad, like, a shift squad, had a little meeting, and, and also we got shirts for the occasion, they literally gave us shirts, um, so that was a thing, um... You know, I, I love a free shirt. Look, I, I'm all for swag. I don't, I don't care if it's work-related. Good. You're giving me my work uniform. But anyway, so we're all, like, hanging out in these shirts. Um, they're giving us attaboys. Apparently, our warehouse, like, did a good thing, and we got an award. You know, it's like, yay. And it turns out this mystery gift was just straight-up cash. They just gave us, like, each 100 bucks. So, like, okay. Like, I'm not mad about it. Um, that being said, like, on a surface level, obviously I'm very happy. I'm an impoverished person living week to week. Like, this is, a, this is you know, that's that's something. That's not nothing. That's for sure. Um, but while, you know, I'm, I'm being wined and dined, um, I, I just always think, like, man, like, I would give up all these treats for more money. Like, more money on my paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, I would... Um, as much as I do like my insurance plan, it'd be nice to have one that was more inclusive as always. You know, those are things I always think about. So, you know, there are ways to achieve those things. And I just think to myself, you know, man, if only I was that guy. But I'm I'm, I, I'm 32 and I'm very tired and very lazy. <laughs> and just all in all, just not that motivated. But anyway, um, Food Corner, they had a... Um, spread um like a vegetable medley they had a pasta with some cheese and then which it was like a spiral pasta they had rolls salad and then it came down to the chicken and i believe beef short rib and everyone was saying on my way up that like hey short ribs better get that so that was my pick yes i scammed i got the second i got the second ticket they let me through, and uh, yeah, that was my heist for the day. We had to get that in, get that lick. Um, you know, yes, are we fatter? Probably. That, hmm, you know, it is what it is. That being said, I, I still feel like I'm, I'm, you know, doing my 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 shaving back, scaling back, whatever. So, you know, that was my big meal of the day. We went feast mode, you know, how I like to do. So, 
you know, hopefully this will all bounce out. You know, it'll all bounce out in the wash. We'll see. But, um, yeah, it was pretty yummy. Uh, did I say if there was chicken? There was a chicken that was the other option. But I was like, I don't want that chicken. So, um, all in all, it was good. It was it was a solid work day. So, you know, we, we love to see that. Um, another day at the office. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we can go ahead and get into some news. Why not? Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, from BBC News, Kramatorsk, yeah, Kramatorsk, Russian missile strike hits restaurants in Ukrainian city. Now, um, a little bit unrelated, but, you know, just related to, you know, situation at hand, because, you know, I, I did want to give, like, a bit of a quick update uh, on the Prigozhin situation, on the Wagner group. Essentially, it, it does seem that Prigozhin has been at least spotted in Belarus. That doesn't mean if he's still there. Um... But um, it does seem like things are going the way that they're supposed to for his, uh, you know, retreat or whatever we're calling it, his exile. But um, for his troops, uh, Russia more or less gave them like an ultimatum of, hey, you can stay and join the Russian soldiers instead, which, you know, hey, you're not with the Wagner group. You don't have to leave. But um, also, they aren't going to be charged as well. I don't know if I mentioned. I don't think I mentioned that in previous episodes. But um, they can stay. But the pay cut is very drastic. They're getting a substantial amount more to be in this specialized group under Prigozhin. So they could stay in Russia. They could just stop altogether. Just you know, stop being a soldier. That's an option. Secret third option there before we get to the other option, which is just going to Belarus with Wagner. Um, but yeah, either way, no prosecution. So I don't want to say like, oh, it's tied, like, you know, things are all tied up, but I do think this isn't the last we've heard of the Wagner group. I think I'm sure a part of Putin's math here is that, Hey, I need Prigozhin. I need his little army to do some things for me. Like if not in this war, he has plenty of shit going on in Africa. You know, they are a little international group. So you know, I don't know exactly how many are of his number. I think, like, I feel like a safe base estimate I've heard is, like, 10,000 men. But he said, like, upwards of, like, double that, I believe. So, you know, who knows? But that's not really the crux of the main article. I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Um, this, like, cafe, restaurant, shopping area, um, it was hit Tuesday in a missile strike, which is under Ukrainian control but close to Russian-occupied parts of Ukraine. Um, Rescuers are searching, or continue to search for people trapped under the debris. Uh, There is believed to be eight people killed, including three children. Um, And these were, like like I said, Russian missile strike. Um, Kramatorsk has been an area that's been hit before. Um, And this area was kind of known to frequent all kinds of people so like journalists would go there um also um soldiers would go there because it's you know it's not too far out or anything like that it's you know this is a nice area just to get a drink hang out uh and then naturally just people would come just to have a drink eat just general civilians and now i mean this strike from russia isn't you know sadly uncommon um, like a journal, a journalist who was there, but, um, wound up leaving before the strike happened. Um, he kind of said like there was this energy or this notion that like, 
inevitably a strike could happen just because there is a frequent amount of soldiers who go there. That being said, these are soldiers who are off duty. It's not like this is a military area. But I'm sure, you know, from Russia's side, they're going to try to, you know, mock it up like that, where it's like, oh, well, this is something we believe that was like a military target, even though it's it's not. It's clearly not. Um, it, you know, it's very sad that this is just a, a casual happening, you know. Um, they do talk about some of the people who died, you know, mainly just focusing a lot on the youth. Like there's a there's twins that were killed as well as a 17-year-old girl who was reported to me among those who were killed in the attack. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was just like a big area, and essentially it was leveled. Uh, it, once again, it's kind of reported that, you know, yeah, that's the official number, but there's obviously more that are trapped under the rubble who are working or just eating there, hanging out. Um, so, you know, the final totals, and, you know, there's still search and rescue, you know, going on, so... Uh, that is a story I wanted to cover to get us started there. A little bit of uh, Russia-Ukraine talk. Uh, let's see. Keeping it international for the BBC News. Anger in Paris after police kill teen in traffic stop. Uh, let's see here. Protests and unrest erupted in Paris, in the Paris region overnight, after police shot, uh, shot dead a 17-year-old who failed to stop when ordered to by traffic police. Video circulating on social media shows a police officer pointing a gun at the driver of the car before a gunshot is heard. The car then crashes to a stop. Um, also, it's reported like, via audio that one of the cops says, like, like if you don't stop, like, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, if you don't stop, I'm, I'm going to shoot you. Um... I'll just actually read it. The agency also reports that a person in the video can be heard saying, you're going to be shot in the head, but it's unclear who says it. Now, more or less, I'm assuming the cop is saying that it's like, look, if you resist or do anything, I'm just going to blow your head off. Now, it's crazy that a cop is going to come in that hot. Once again, over a traffic stop. I've said this once. I'll say it a thousand fucking times in the series of this fucking podcast. It does not make sense for cops to act like this. I do not care what pro-cop YouTuber has to fucking say, whoever on fucking Twitter, blah, 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 fucking blah. The way protocol and technology should be working here, there's no reason for you to fucking shoot someone like their goddamn Wild Bill or John Green goddamn Gacy over a traffic stop violation. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, he ran off. He drove off. That's so crazy. That's so wild. Like, we have to make sure that they just get executed. Like, this is Judge Dredd. It just, it, it's never going to add up. So I, I do think the unrest is justified here. I know, wow, I can't believe Isaiah thinks that. That's crazy. Um, two others were in the car at the time of the shooting. One fled while another, also a minor, was arrested and held by police. Um, Nahil M. is the name of the um, victim, person who was shot. And I don't have the name of the officer, at least not as of yet. I just know that he's like a 38-year-old cop. Um uh, what is it, French uh, authorities, whatever, that he was charged, more or less. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I know that there has been, you know, you know, police officials who have kind of come out and said, hey, I've looked at the video from what I've seen. This doesn't look like 
good procedure. Um, even Macron, his little stinky ass, come out and said some shit um, in terms of like, this is, you know, not right. You know, yeah, yeah, this is appalling, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, we'll, we will see how things shake out. Um, people are definitely out and protesting, which, you know, like I said, I love, I love to see it. I'm, I'm going to say it. Uh, shit, they burning cars and shit. That shit's wild. Um, you know, not to say that I, you know, love to see people's property vandalized. Obviously, no. Shit, that, that's sad. That's fucked up. It's annoying. But it is understandable that when you see some shit like this, it evokes this reaction. Also, I believe that there's been like 13 instances of this, like within like the past year or so. And in each of these like kind of traffic stop situations, it ends like this, where they're just shooting people. And it's like, that's just not how this should be handled. It, it, it should never be how that should be handled. But, like, we are not in, like, the olden days of, like, oh, my gosh, if this person gets across town, gets to another place, we'll never hear from them again. Like, no, you can easily track these people. You can easily find them. If someone does some dumb shit like that, you do not have to waste them in the middle of the fucking street. And I don't see how doing that does anyone any fucking favors. Like, you're not doing the city any favors. Like, oh, well, maybe he gets into an accident. Well, maybe he gets into a fucking accident when you waste him. Like, he's a goddamn GTA character. That's insane to me. It will always be insane to me. So, yeah. Um, I know sometimes I do have listeners who hop in and like, whoa, whoa, what about blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, I, I just, I don't entertain it. You know that. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> you know I leave that shit on ice. Um, let's go on, let's, let's move on, um, you know, from one spicy thing to another, uh, from the Associated Press, misconduct by federal jail guards led to Jeffrey Epstein's suicide, Justice Department watchdog says, uh, this is an interesting one, I kind of didn't want to cover it, but then I just realized I've done so much Epstein coverage that it would just almost be weird to just not... So I figured, like, hey, let's let's talk about it a little bit, put in my two cents, whatever, riff a little bit, raff a little. Um, but Jeffrey Epstein was left alone in his jail cell with a surplus of bed linens the night he killed himself. Nearly all the surveillance cameras on his unit didn't record. One worker was a on-duty officer for 24 hours straight, and despite his high-profile and suicide attempt two weeks earlier... He wasn't checked on regularly as required. Okay, I am willing to entertain that, you know, these are all things that are happening or happened in that moment. Um, let's see, the Justice Department watchdog said Tuesday that a combination of negligence, misconduct, and outright job performance failures by the Federal Bureau of Prisons and Workers at the New York City Jail enabled the wealthy financier to take his own life in August of 2019, finding no evidence of foul play. Now, um, General Inspector General Michael Howerwitz, um, he's the person who did this investigation. This kind of correlates with a lot of um, information that has been released. Uh, along, like there's there's some emails. There's um, you know forming of his, the timeline of his last kind of days. Um, things of that nature. And this does go to show that there were definitely a lot of holes and a lot of problems here. E even when you know that this guy has done what he's done, he is a high profile person, you know, it, 
and, and I think the thing that makes this, it's hard to just believe, it's hard to stomach, it's hard to fathom that like, oh, this was just a simple suicide and, you know, there was no outside parties or factors or things involved. There's no conspirators or anything like that. It's just, it, it does boggle the mind. I can always understand that. I think it it doesn't matter whether or not this is a real concrete thing that it's like, yes, this narrative as Howitz says it is, is true and real. It just doesn't matter because they can't even prove it. You know, like because of the criminal negligence that was also more or less just forgiven, like the, 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 what is it? The, uh, I want to say body, it's not the bodyguards, the corrections officers or whatever. They literally had a dude falling asleep. There was a guy who was online shopping and just like, you know, just doing some, you know, phone surfing or whatever, while Jeffrey Epstein is just doing the thing, you know? And that's just obviously one narrative. There are plenty of plot lines I've heard, converse with friends. And honestly, like, the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy theories are, are kind of like the last ones I've entertained of, like, the newer age. Because nowadays, like... There's literally a conspiracy theory for everything that happens. It's so annoying. Like once QAnon, once QAnon became like a staple thing, like a, it just, it just got so lame to me. Like I used to really love conspiracy theories back, you know, growing up, you know, watching X Files and stuff like that. It, it would just get me thinking. And then just uh, the JFK thing, obviously the fucking magic bullet shit, all that. Like <clears throat> it's. It's enthralling. I do find it very interesting. And, you know, if you go back in the old seasons and shit, we've talked about that shit on the pod. But, um, you know, my thoughts, theories, and I still go back to that shit. I still kind of grow on them, extrapolate, whatever, change my mind. I don't know. Like, it's still something I think about. When it comes to this Epstein shit, uh, it, it is up there. The same kind of thing. Just because there's so many holes and so many fuck-ups by the people who are just not supposed to be fucking up like it's just impossible to not have a conspiracy theory here it's it's just impossible to think that this was like on the level you know what i mean so um you know good on the department of justice for doing their damnedest to like prove that he did do just a normal plain chain suicide um but it's like why wasn't he literally was supposed to have a celly like you knew he tried to commit suicide before so it's like yeah i'm not saying that it's not possible uh, even though you know people will go into the theories about that the people will talk about bruises yada yada i don't want to spend too much time doing that we can get into the weeds making whole kinds of podcast content just off of this subject alone but um i don't know i i, I can buy the theory that yes this man knew that he was at the end one way or another show was over he wasn't going to get the fucking miami treatment or whatever he fucking got um you know when he got convicted initially and he was just able to walk around do his old shit just be casual cool but a fucking literal prisoner criminal person um you know he knew this was going to be real and he was probably gonna have to give up names or yada 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 um i can understand and entertain what I think is, like, the main theory of, like, uh, yeah, he bit the bullet. He had some conversations with some people and realized, I'm going to get my affairs in order, and I'm going to, and then, like, you know, call it a day. 
But that's just a theory. I don't know. I don't, I don't, nothing, none of it feels ironclad to me. It's just so hard because how are all of these people literally asleep at the wheel? And then like, I, I know, like I said, there's talks about like how the body was found. And it's like, well, there's an explanation from that, you know, according to Horowitz, where it's like, they were trying to cover it up. They were literally trying to do CPR to save them or to save, you know, Epstein. Like, come on, man, wake up. Come on, man. We're so fucked. Oh, no. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that could have happened. I, I could believe that. I can fathom that. But um, I could also fathom a, a slew of other theories by, you know, people who have done hella fucking research. That's why this shit's hard, because there's just nothing airtight about the situation. The system is so fucked. And then I think they even, like, leveled the whole corrections area, the, like, that the jail or whatever, right? Like, it, it just, it's fishy. It's bad. Like, it's just never gonna be, like just a solved done data thing you know what i mean and i think the worst thing about it is the realest shit like conspiracy bullshit aside this man was sex trafficking you know he was running a whole ass ring that involved so many people celebrities random rich people all kinds he was just running the gambit here he had his own fucking island had a whole racket going and he was allowed to do this for years and I, I think that is the craziest shit. That's the closest to, like, the Illuminati, whatever the fuck. Like, that's the shit that makes me upset. And it's like, man, like, and, and also that it's not done. You know, like, cool, the DOJ can do all this. But, like, you know there's just more justice to be had here. There are more people who are involved in this. There are more people who are at the top who are glad-handing with this motherfucker. You know, you were already talking about a lot with just the what is it, the J.P. Moore, or, you know, the Jimmy Diamond, Chase shit, whatever, um, gee, I, I was gonna fool, I think it's Jamie Diamond, whatever, but, um, yeah, man, uh, this was some shit to talk about, you know, uh, I've spent way too long talking about it as is, but I wanted to cover that, bring that up, uh, let's see, we got one more thing to cover, it's from, you know, you know, we gotta show some love and advice, I could've got this from somewhere else, but I was like, you know what, let's support real journalism, okay, yeah, let's do that, um, you know me, I gotta do my thing. Um, this is authentic journalism. It's gotta be met with real authentic podcasting. Like, you know, what I'm bringing to the table on a daily basis. I stop, let me stop. Let me stop being a dumbass. sip on some of this wine mm. all right okay um how do you convince people your sweatshop is cool pay an influencer to tour it um this is just been an interesting discourse that's kind of taken place this week i feel like i've been lacking on that I've been focused on honk, shoo, meme, snore ass fucking news. Um, so I just wanted to cover this. It, it was interesting. It was an interesting conversation, whatever. Uh, a group of US-based influencers are under fire for their glowing reviews after a sponsored trip to, Xi, to a Sheen factory in Gangju, China. Uh, Sheen, a Chinese-owned fast fashion brand, rose out of obscurity in 2008, gaining notoriety for selling on-trend but low-quality garments at even lower prices to over 150 countries 
around the world. But despite its appeal amongst penny-pinching Gen Zers, uh, the company has periodically found itself facing accusations of labor abuse, vast environmental impact, and workers snitching or stitching. I'm sorry, stitching help me into the tags of their garments. Um, also, I, I've seen that they've gotten under like like fire for just like making like weird racial art. Like I, I saw one phone case of like a black man chalked out with like handcuffs, and I'm like, what? Where'd you get where'd you get that from? Um, it, it, it's weird, a little bit uh challenging for me, but I, I do get the premise. Obviously, um, fast fashion is just cheap and easy, quantity over quality kind of, um, like just clothing. That if you're on a budget, shit, man. Like I get it. I get the idea. Um, I know I've heard like I've listened to some like shit from like the journal where they've they've talked about how like literally their packaging is so bad that it's like environmentally damaging because they're just like shipping you these little camis or shirts, leggings, what have you, and these plastic bags, and you're just getting a bunch of plastic bags. They're shipping the shit out, and then these plastic bags just kind of, you know, float around landfills, yada, 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 shit like that. But anyway, let's get to the prop. Let's get to the propaganda. Uh, Among well-lit production lines, happy workers, and clean conditions, the six online personas, including Danny... Carbonari, um, which also goes under the name Danny DMC, Angeline Butler, uh, also known as It's Just Love, just it's just J Love. Gosh, I'm butchering these. Marina Savindra, um, Marcine Savindra was her tag, and then Destine Saduth. It's Destine underscore um, looked. To put the nasty rumors and misinformation to rest. Now, I, I watched some of their footage, their walkthrough, and, um, you know, it just feels really fucking fake. Um, they say they weren't paid. Like, this, they did this They did this for free. They were just invited out. But I do believe that their trip was at least paid. So, I mean, that that's, that's kind of something. But, um, I mean, that being said, there's nothing wrong with, like, going to China. There's nothing wrong with taking it. But the idea of just like you're getting here and they're showing you how this factory works and like, oh, yeah, look at this. It's so nice. It's so clean. Um, And you see how big the warehouse is. And you can also notice how like there's so few people, which is almost like weird because it doesn't make sense. And then they they show like, okay, there's some robots and stuff. And they're kind of like trying to show and insinuate like, hey, we have like the labor so divvied up. That, like, we just don't need that many people. But anyway, let's show you guys how a day, a day in the life works for an employee. And you see, like, these these influencers are, like, doing the packaging. And they're doing this. Like, oh, I'm doing it right. Oh, yeah. And they're, and they're just explaining how, like, much they're, like, liking it. Um, now, I think a lot of the focus kind of winds up on Danny DMC. Uh, she had a now-deleted TikTok that um, she more or less comes up and she's saying... Um, She'd see with her own two eyes what the pro- entire process of Sheen clothing looks like from beginning to end. I feel more confident than ever with my partnership with Sheen, she says. There are so many companies not taking half the initiative Sheen is. And it's like, okay, now this is where 
it kind of gets started. Because I don't really mind if you go. I don't mind if you take it. But naturally, there's more to this. Because I'm sure she's getting some product. Like, you just get to, like, review it, do the whole thing. That is a very influencer path line. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, selling this so hard that, like, oh, yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong going on. There's nothing going on here. Like, everything's good. Everything's on the level. You guys are just, like fronting you guys haven't been there i have and i think she just kind of made herself a lightning rod for excuse me this whole conversation and she kind of wound up getting a little cooked now granted um she's come out with an apology you know she deleted the initial video she posted i think she literally said that i did my own research which is <laughs> which is called crazy that is that is a social seppuku right now of our of our time <laughs> look i did my own research and maybe I was wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's over. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure she's going to be fine. It, it's just, yeah, she got cooked. Um, she does say this. Uh, this is, I think, in her initial video. There's a narrative fed to us in the U.S. And I'm one that's always likes to be open-minded and seek the truth. And then I guess she just saw the truth after the fact. and was like, oh, shit, damn. <laughs> I'd have fucked up. Um... But yeah, I mean, a lot of people came up and, and, and literally cooked her. People who have done the research. Uh, let's see if I can find the guy's name. Uh, John Pabon. Um, he is a UN speaker and author of the book, The Great Greenwashing. You guys, I love that term, guys. Greenwashing. Um, the Great Greenwashing. How brands, governments, and influencers are lying to you. He also lived and worked in China for 10 years, developing worker betterment programs and transparency metrics for factories. Um, while Sheen did over 2,000 audits of its suppliers, there is no record of these audits. There is no transparency of the process, and there is nothing from Sheen's perspective of what they're doing to do, uh, what they're going to do to improve conditions. Now, for these influencers, obviously, they're in a fucking bind, right? Because it's not just them touring the facility and then coming home and then just like, whatever, yeah, fun time, cool trip to China. Like, you, you, you have to push the company in a positive way for this to continue to work in your favor. And that's where you really kind of get fucked because it's like, no, dude, you have to know that you were just here to be, like, propped up. None of this is how it works on a regular fucking day, bro. Come on. Like, there's literally footage of how a normal day works. Like... <laughs> Like, trust me, I love to call out when, like, hey, we are doing an unnecessary dump on a country or on a business or whatever. Like, look at the system, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, you should be able to call out things as they are. And it is weird when, like, you see just the flimsiest propaganda being pushed back from a company or a nation state. It's like, no, you can call that cringe. Like, I don't care if that's America. I don't care if it's China, Russia, whoever. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think this, this backfired for the influencers. I think Danny DMC, she seemed to kind of take the most heat, but I think that's probably just a penalty of kind of being the loudest about it. Um, that being said, uh, this isn't a crazy thing that a company has done to try to say, Hey, we got to clean up our image. We look really fucking bad. <laughs> Naturally, we don't want to fucking stop what we're doing, but Hey, whatever. But, I, I mean, in America, it's a very common thing. Internationally, it's a very fucking common thing. Uh, I think we've... I remember working at Forever 21, and there was literally talks 
um, allegations of, like, sweatshops in, like, L.A. and shit, I think. So I, I remember that shit being super spicy, like, oh, damn, I don't know how I feel about that. But shit, man, I needed money. I needed to work. I was a mall rat. So I went to sleep that night. Okay, I know it's fucked, but at the end of the day, you got to make your money. Shit sucks. We do live in a society. <laughs> I did wind up talking about the system. I did it, huh? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get Sheen making the attempt, but it was very bad, very feeble. Zero out of ten. But I do remember, like, seeing shots of, like, a warehouse of Amazon. And they did pan outs, and it looked like a like a dystopian District 9 scene. And I'm like, yeah, they're there because this is cheap. The labor is cheap, and they're just going to get away with it. That's literally on the level. That's legal. So, you know, I'm not going to really judge Sheen more than any other fucking company. But obviously, they're doing a lot of fucked up shit. And um, influencers, you know trying to get their bag so they can get the extra swag and the extra, you know, attention. That's a bit murky. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I get it. I get the path line. You know, I often off my, I, I ask myself in the fantasy situations, like, what's my number? What's my sellout? I don't fucking know. It's probably something high, but I'm sure you'll know when I do. And I'm sure y'all call me out on that shit if it ever happens. <laughs> but um, that's all I got. That's the episode. Um, if you'd like to support the effort, I do have a Patreon patreon.com so this is a news uh five dollars gets you newsy access newsy status i do say your name on the podcast so that's a thing plug whatever project thing you're doing also free ways to hit me up uh facebook twitter instagram if you're listening on youtube that's pretty cool hopefully you hit the subscribe button hit a thumbs up maybe commented that'd be cool We'd like that. Reviews are always great. That helps for traction, vision, whatever you want to call it, reach. Uh, and then a uh, free way to hit me up as well. We do have the Discord. Um, and then also Isaiahnews1 at gmail.com. There it is. That's my email. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all we got. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.